Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Recording in progress. That's the lady. That's the lady. <laughs> <laughs> lady! That's the lady. All right. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, Every time. All right. All right. Let me make sure my phone ringer is off. Yeah, mine's off. Yeah, good idea. Got my yep. coffee, got my water. We are recording it. My 842 <laughs> in the morning, my time. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. All right. Oh, no, it's good. Get it out of the way. And spend the rest of the day sleeping. Good call. <laughs> For the most part. Anyone want to do the ad? I could do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm a little rusty. You don't want me to. Sorry, do it. I was I was, <laughs> getting a, I was getting a like I had a, a burp that was halfway stuck in my esophagus and I was like, get out, burp, get out now. Otherwise it's gonna be like this episode is brought to you by <laughs> Zach, that's no way to talk about our patrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brand for power rangers though just go oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by <laughs> and now on ranger command power hour ay 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 it's the ranger command power hour Today on the Power Hour, extra episode 87, Rangers Review Dino Fury Season 2, Episodes 8 through 11, recorded on May 22nd, 2022. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D, Chris P, Steve F, AJW, Jacob P, Steve M, Tyler B, Tyler W, Charlie N, Craig M, Liz M, Mason M, Jason O, Kevin R, Steve R, Hassan A, Bo H, Josh P, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. Remember, you can find all of our links at linktr.ee slash ranger command ph and you can find our amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash ranger command ph um slow clap there <laughs> <laughs> nicely done ad read <laughs> uh, well more importantly welcome back ap yay ap's back Woo! glad to be back we're a family what's up oh everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a loaded question yeah i know right ap caught wind of the news and she's like i gotta go back <laughs> <laughs> i think i think more so she probably wanted to talk about dino fury at least get uh some yeah. reaction in here for the end yeah. of yeah But I mean, God, we have half of this episode is going to be talking about the news. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, no, AP, it's it's awesome to have you back. To all of our listeners, it'll probably be too late by the time you hear this, but we we are doing a live show on YouTube. We're doing that right. Let's do it. We do we decide. I'm good for calling it sure. Yeah. Evening. 
Yeah. I'll bust out the Jameson. We'll have a good time. Okay. Because I got to start promoting that. I've got the blind guys coming to install my blinds. Oh, bl- okay. <laughs> I'm like, we, do we have <laughs> blind <laughs> listeners? What's happening? Yeah. No. I was confused. I was like, there's blind listeners that are going to join us? Cool. But- <laughs> I'm hoping for representation, but I'm like, oh what's, what's happening? <laughs> no. I have curtains at my house. I need blinds. Yeah, you got a house. Yeah, that happened in the meantime. That in the meantime, I bought a house. <laughs> That's awesome. How are you liking it? It's great. There's some downsides, of course, but there is to anything. It just made sense. I got lucky and it made sense because it's about the same amount as rent is in this area. So there you go. It made sense. At least my money's going towards my own stuff instead of someone else's pocket. That's the best way to do it. I've been renting ever since I, I moved out of my parents' house and we actually just renewed our lease another year on where we're at now, obviously, cause I didn't want to rock the boat. Cause in like three weeks I'm having a kid. So yeah, I think we're going to start looking for a house maybe, maybe next year. Yeah. I, I was just in it situation where i kind of had to a little bit sooner than i was expecting no but you're young put that money into actual equity you know what i mean yeah Yeah. that's so important got extremely lucky i'm not like super rich or anything that's (laughs) that's not how i was able to buy (laughs) i just i just got really lucky with the timing and interest rates oh exactly and the price of the house i bought it just kind of all worked out at one time. If I had done it like a week before or a week later, it wouldn't have happened. So oh, I just, wow. it was all just timing. Oh, see, you know, if, if something's meant to be, it, it will happen. So congrats. Yeah. Thank you. First time homeowner. Well, let's dive into the news. We'll get the product stuff out of the way first, uh, before the, the big news to talk about. Cause there's some criminal activity in the, uh, the Ranger sphere. In the multiverse. In the multiverse. Yeah. In, the, in the Rangerverse. Of madness. <laughs> um. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. I have not watched that yet, but I, I, I really need to. It's okay. The movie? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. First off, we got some Power Rangers comic news. The solicitations for August 2022 have uh, been released. Mighty Morphin 22 goes on sale August 3rd. I believe that will be Legacy Issue 98. So this is part of the Charge to 100. Written by Mac Room, artist Moises Hildago. A Ranger returns. With their help, the team can finally turn the tide of battle, but not without consequences. Will the Rangers forge a new path together despite their differences? Meanwhile, Kim receives some much-needed perspective from a fellow Ranger, offering her a glimpse of hope for the future. As the dust begins to settle, will this Mighty Morphin team settle on a sense of identity and discover their true role in the universe? So, really cool stuff coming from uh, writer Matt Groom. So, look forward to Mighty Morphin issue 22 on sale August 3rd. Power Rangers 22 goes on sale August 10th, written by Ryan Parrott and artist Marco Renna. Uh, With the new ranger wrecking havoc and bringing destruction, Andros realizes the scale of his mistake and that the planet is in grave danger. But when the deadly ranger seeks a new host, an unexpected and much beloved victim becomes the next tool of death at the expense of the Omegas. And you might ask, what the hell are you talking about? What's this new ranger? Well, get ready for Power Rangers Unlimited Death Ranger. 
on sale August 31st, written by Paul Alor, who did The Psychopath, and artist Catherine Lobo. Synopsis, the legendary Omega Rangers defended the universe from evil thousands of years ago. The six of them using their elemental powers to protect others from sinister forces. But all that changed when one key member turned on the others, seduced by the death-defying powers of the ranger's greatest foe. How does this ranger connect to what's locked in the mysterious Omega Vault in Safe Haven so many millennia later, as everything converges in the highly anticipated Charge to 100? So, Death Ranger is a thing now. (laughs) And boy, is the internet horny for the Death Ranger. Oh my gosh. Some of the comments just make me go, maybe tone it down. Maybe take a cold shower, (laughs) you know? Maybe a little bit. But writer Paul Alor uh, actually confirmed that the Death Ranger and his entire like alien race go by they them. They are a, a non-binary race, and so the internet has exploded with love for the Death Ranger. Yeah. Um, people are saying, "Oh, my pronouns are now Death and Ranger." <laughs> <laughs> Or kill, kill slash them or something. Yeah, something like that. I think this design looks sick as hell. Oh, yeah. It's definitely rad. I dig the uh, the skull mouth plate with the teeth and everything showing through. It it looks killer. Yeah, that would be awesome if something like that showed up on the show. Like that kind of design. Oh, my God. That would be insane. It would be so insane. And... I would just love to see any of the Omega Rangers happen to make some kind of live action appearance. I think they're really amazing designs and this Death Ranger like pushes it because all four of the Omega Rangers that are active now are based on the elemental alchemy elements. So air, water, wind, and earth. Well, his alchemy symbol is based on gold slash the sun, but he's also called death ranger. So he's kind of got like this brownish tint to him, but we don't know if he's really considered gold or a brown ranger or whatever, but the writer, Paul Alor, he's been really active on Twitter. He's very excited about this news. Apparently Ryan Parrott did plan this ranger like he did the setup but paul came with the story idea for because this is the fourth power rangers unlimited the third one which will be in june that's the andros and zane special and we now know who the writer of that is it's marguerite bennett who's coming back from beyond the grid she's actually writing it i know bleeding cool when they first reported it they said it was L.L. McKinney, and everyone thought it was going to be L. McKinney because she posted like an Andros gif like back in January. So I don't know if she was the original writer and then couldn't do it, but for whatever reason, they changed it to Marguerite Bennett. I'm excited because we're going to get more Andros and Zane backstory. It's tying into what's happening in the comics now because Andros just showed up in the past two issues of Power Rangers and he's sporting 
the all-black ranger suit that the Lightning Collection has already released with the hooded Andro. So it's amazing because, you know, they made that extra suit for the figure based off of his appearance in the premiere of In Space. But they took liberty and said, well, we could just make this like an all-black costume because in the episode, you can see the black chest with that gold symbol that he has, but you never saw if he had a helmet or what. And so they took the license for the figure and made it like a black in space bodysuit underneath the hood. Well, now it's all full circle and there's that brand synergy because now that they're using Andros in the comics, they're actually using that figure suit. So now the figure is almost like a comic book figure too, in addition to the TV show. Yeah, I saw that then when I realized that, oh yeah, that's that's good brand synergy connection right there is being able to take that design that already exists in the physical medium and then just say, well, we should probably do something else with it. We can put it in this comic as well. That's genius thinking. Yeah, and the newest issue of uh, Power Rangers that just came out this week as as we're recording this, he actually uses the suit with the black helmet, and it's for like an undercover type mission, and he does some stealthy things with it. It just makes sense. It's so cool. But yeah, this Death Ranger, I love the design. I love the skeleton mouth. I don't know if that's like sculpted into the helmet or that's the embodiment, but so apparently he's going to show up in either Power Rangers 22 or or 21 based on the solicitations. And then we're going to get that backstory in this one shot. So I'm very excited for this. I'm sorry. I'm behind on the comics still. Sure. I still need to catch up, but just the aesthetics of everything. Yeah. it, It just looks amazing to me. Yeah, so we have both the solicitation announcement, but we also have just a press release that that introduces the Dark Ranger. And there's a quote from senior editor at Boom Studios, Daphna Plebin, who recently got a promotion to senior editor. So congrats to her. She'll still be editing Power Ranger comics uh, along with a couple other editors. So I don't think she's going anywhere. She's still involved in uh, in Power Rangers, but also more more comics that Boom produces. So she said, we're continuing the Epic Charge 100 with a new type of Ranger you never encountered before. Just like the introduction of fan favorites, Lord Draken, the Ranger Slayer, and countless other characters who've taken a life of their own, it's time to meet a dark and ominous figure from the ancient recesses of Morphin history, the Death Ranger. And what a turnaround for the franchise, because for the longest time in the TV show, they couldn't even say the word death. Yeah. I mean, throughout the franchise history, they're always like, oh no, they're injured or they're incapacitated or they're gone. You know, some other euphemism for death, but they've barely ever said death on the show. Yeah. So this is cool. And it just shows that comics are a bit more mature take. I love that we're getting a fifth Omega Ranger and hopefully we'll get a glimpse of a flashback origin story. And then uh, thanks to Boom Studios, they gave us the exclusive first look for Power Rangers Universe Issue 6, which is the final issue for that miniseries. Uh, Dark Spectre's Corruption threatens not only to destroy the Rangers, but put the very nature of the morphing grid in peril. To protect the fabric of reality, the teens must find a way to tap into the heart of the morphing grid and face their most fearsome foe yet, their ally, the Morphinaut. Discover the secrets of the grid and exciting new Ranger forms as past and future of the Power Rangers story is revealed. And in that article, Boom Studios also sent us the character designs by Dan Mora. So it shows off 
the various Die Ranger weapons. It shows off their suits. And because all of the suits are based off Die Ranger and those are like mythical animals that all of the Die Rangers possess, which became the Thunder Zords in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2 and beyond. But Black is an entirely new Ranger form because Black was never in Die Ranger, but it's for Power Rangers Universe. And come to find out that their mythical animal is based on the Hippogriff, which is something I had to look up. And it's almost like a griffin, but a different mix of animals. It's like a mixture of like a horse body and eagle head and wings, right? Yeah. Kind of cool that they were able to take another mythical animal and then turn it into this ranger. Not that it's ever said or really clarified in the comic, uh, <laughs> but Boom Studios did send us a version of this concept where it had all of their past names. And you can find that image on our Twitter, but they asked us to... Uh, switch out the image with a clean look, but the notes for the Black Ranger said Hippogriff. So at least we got that information. We kind of know what everything's based on. So by the time that this episode releases, that comic is already out in stores now. So definitely check that out. Next up, we've got some product reveals, not only for the Lightning Collection, but also a new mobile game and a new kind of weird collectible. So let's get into this. Uh, first off, Power Rangers Lightning Collection, Mighty Morphin Blue Ranger Power Lance. So last month, they announced the Power Sword. Well, we got confirmation that they are doing all of the blaster weapons. It's right in the description for this. Look out for other Lightning Collection roleplay items, including helmets, other Mighty Morphin Power Blaster weapons and Morphers. Oh. So we know that they're going to do more with the Lightning Collection. But Zach, you and I are huge blue Mighty Morphin fans. I'm not going to get this, but it looks awesome. <laughs> it, yeah. Listen, it looks amazing for sure. The, when it was officially announced, of course, AP texted me right away and was like, oh my God, look. And I'm just like, <laughs> I want it so bad, but I just can't justify it right now. But at the very least, I think I may try and pick up the helmet because it would be yeah. a nice display piece. You, you know, you and I are Blue Ranger fans. We love Billy. We love the Triceratops. This is awesome. This is like if you're a Blue Ranger fan, this is Christmas come early for sure. I think the Power Lance looks amazing. Oh, yeah. No, the Power Lance yeah. looks phenomenal. It's huge. Yeah. Okay. So here's the actual product description. It has lights, sounds, and extendable hilt. The expandable lance serves as the perfect cosplay accessory, extending over 55 inches. Oh, my God. That's almost five feet. That's crazy. That's like how tall I am. I'm as tall as the power lance. <laughs> <laughs> this also includes a display stand where you can not only show it in like the, the twin separation mode, but you can also display just the full lance, either the smaller lance or extended uh, on this display shelf. I would love to get all the power weapons, but I can't justify these prices or I don't know where the hell I would display this. But if they're doing the other power blaster weapons, that means that 
all of these are going to be able to combine and form the power blaster, a life-size power blaster, which is incredible to me. That yeah. It's awesome. And also, correction, I just did the math. At 55 inches, it's four feet, seven inches. I am not that short. So just no correct the record. <laughs> I am 5'1". Thank you very much. But still, at four feet, seven yeah. inches, that is insane. That's a, that's that's, a that's massive. That's still really, that's really big for like a role play item. Yeah. And it's like you said, Eric, with this thing, we're getting a full-sized blaster. Uh, eventually, yeah. Eventually. But man, yeah, if each one of these is going to cost around 130 bucks, give or take. You're like, looking at like a 600 $700 yeah. power blaster. Yeah, for that price, I could buy an Xbox or something. <laughs> and I, I don't want to, like, the weapons are cool. Don't get me wrong. I, I love that. I, I love the fact that they have the lights and sounds and they're basically one-to-one scale almost. God, if I had, indispo- you know, just endless disposable income, I'd probably get it, but... It's so just a bit too steep for old Zach. Gotta get that Facebook settlement. <laughs> I am checking my phone every day. I'm checking my mailbox every day just in case I said mail me a physical check. And so far, oh, oh my god, I couldn't, I could not believe when I looked at my email and it was like, hey, you got 397 bucks from mm-hmm. Facebook settlement. And it was funny because uh, Teresa and I went out to dinner last night with a couple of friends and, and I mentioned it and they're like, oh yeah, we got ours too. And I'm like, I'm like, shoot, I thought I told Teresa about it, but I don't think she did. So, yeah. so she didn't get one, but my God, I was like, hell yeah. 400 bucks for Facebook being assholes, like great. And all you had to do was have your privacy violated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, <laughs> violate my privacy a little more. <laughs> oh, no, <God>. oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my. Give me money. I about that. <laughs> I mean, listen, what I'm thinking of, listen, that 400 bucks comes through. It's time to go on another cruise, I think. It's time to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness, I think this Lance is awesome. So uh, this is out for pre-order right now. We have links to Hasbro Pulse, Big Band Toy Store, and Entertainment Earth on our news article. We'll have that in the show notes. It was just making me hope for, I mean, it'll never, ever happen. But just imagine like a lightning collection V-Lancer. Oh, my God. Amazing. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Of that quality and scale as like what this power lens looks like. That would be sick. Yeah, a hundred percent. It would be amazing. This does retail for $131.99. It says it'll be available September 1st of this year. So it is dropping really soon. I'm very confused why they didn't announce these two things or show them off at the last fan first event, but I think we enough about that that <laughs> show yeah but what i did pre-order was the mighty morphin blue ranger helmet yeah i was surprised because this goes back to the smaller price point of 90 bucks this is available august 1st once again through hazard pulse big bad toy store and entertainment earth all of the uh, fan channel retailers probably because they didn't put a stupid voice changer in it which (laughs) they did not need to do for the lord dragon helmet i keep saying that but there was no reason why they should have included a voice changer because they did it for lord zed that's fine but you never hear lord dragon it's just 
Jason David Frank. So I don't like they, there's no reason to include a voice changer in that. But yeah, so this is bare bones lightning collection helmet, uh, just like the pink ranger, the red ranger, the white ranger. So they're actually making all of the my Morphin helmets. And the only Hasbro helmet I actually have right now is Lord Zed. Uh, I didn't collect the red ranger. I didn't collect uh, the white ranger or the pink ranger. But it's Billy. It's the Blue Ranger. Mm -hmm. I have to get this helmet. Yeah, it looks great to me. It looks super accurate. Yeah. I have no issues with the look of this helmet. It looks fantastic. And it's like one color, too. So it shouldn't have paint issues like the Pink Ranger one. Right. Well, you would hope. You would hope (laughs) not. You would hope not. But it looks solid. Like, it looks like a legit helmet. All the lines and, like, edging is there. Looks great. Yeah, I love all the black detailing outlines. I I love the solid, bold white line that outlines the, uh, or the visor shape. I've always been a fan of the Blue Ranger helmet and the Blue Ranger himself. So I think this looks awesome. I can't wait to display this. I know the other helmets have the clasps too, but I just wanted to mention that I, I just love that aspect too. It just ties it all together, like screen accuracy. It looks- yeah fantastic and like it's just such a great shade of blue it's that perfect yeah mm-hmm. like cobalt blue that looks amazing and oh i need it i need it i need it i need it <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty in scale too i know that a lot of people when they got the pink ranger helmet which i heard was kind of a bit of a mess with some of the paint issues but Actually, they didn't keep it the same size as the others. Like the Pink Ranger helmet was a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. which I can understand. But, you know, it'd be cool if someone with my size head could wear all of these. But I think this will be the standard size that will fit most people. But then again, I have a big noggin. So same. The press release, the premium helmet features adjustable straps, so it will fit most. Yes. So one size fits most. The only complaint I've had with the helmets is the stand because they've got that plastic, like it's like a head top of your head protector piece. And just trying to balance all of that on the stand that they give you, like Lord Zed, it's ridiculous. Like you can't even balance it. The way that they engineered that was horrible for the stand. So you try to balance it on there. It doesn't work. And I get like droopy Lord Zed helmet vibes. So I, I had to like really modify it just to get it to look right. But anyways, that's, that's just my gripe. I think this helmet looks awesome and we'll move on. In next in product news, Unruly Industries Power Rangers Scoops Designer Collectible Bus. And basically it's one of those because vinyl designer collectibles are, are very like in demand and there's all these like weird vinyl collectible art pieces and stuff that a lot of these independent design houses make. Like I've seen weird, like takes on Ronald McDonald things like a gummy bear with like a skeleton inside of him. Like, you know, there's, there's weird takes on brands and this is like another one of those things. So this is by artist Eric Scoggin. When you need to chill out with your friends after saving the world, reach for a one scoops. This mighty Melton Power Rangers red, yellow, blue Ranger designer collectible bus set by artist Eric Scoggin tastes like sweet, sweet victory. Eric Scoggin is a graphic artist from Southern California who is raised on superhero cartoons, junk food, and the Far Side comics. 
Utilizing pop art and surrealist influences, the tone of his work gravitates towards the off-centered and humorous. So you can look at these and basically it's all of the Mighty Morphin helmets on an ice cream cone and it looks like the helmets are melting and that there's a hand that's holding it and it's the like Power Ranger glove and you can like take out the scoop and I think these are weird. It's too weird for me. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're for someone. I don't know who that person is, but yeah, some kind of <laughs> some kind of designer collectible person. But yeah, yeah, definitely not for me. Yeah, you have to be a certain type of collector who collects kind of these offbeat, kitschy kind of things, which I know none of us really are. So yeah, this isn't for us. But I mean, I'm sure there's a market out there for them. Yeah, I mean the detail's nice. Yeah, it's just it's like it's a very weird. I really don't know how how to describe it. It's just like I mean that's that's pretty much it. You can take a look at the artist statement. In a continuation of the One Scoop series, see, I had no idea that there were other One Scoops. It's like Funko Pops, but for rich people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me let me look up what he's done with these One Scoop. Oh, he's done like Marvel One Scoops. So there's ones like Venom, Deadpool. The hand for Deadpool shows off like the bone on the back of the hand, like the, where the wrist is oh. cut off. Yeah, okay. there's one for Venom and the hand is all symbiote like. And then the one for Ghost Rider, there's like flames at the back of the cutoff wrist. I mean, that's kind of cool. You know what it would be cool for? Like if you owned an ice cream shop and you were kind of a nerd. Oh, could, my like, God. Put these around with decoration. Yeah, that would be perfect for these. So, yeah, he said in a continuation of the one scoop series, I wanted to bring a surrealist element to the iconic Power Ranger characters in ice cream form. When I was growing up, I always thought they had the coolest helmet designs and it's fun to imagine what they would look like if they were melting out in the sun on a hot angel grove day. I like to think they'd sell these at the gym and juice bar. Those teenagers always seem to be hanging out in every episode. Here's the problem though, because there's two sets there's black, pink and green ranger and then red, blue and yellow ranger. The problem is, like most uh, collectible vinyl designer type collectibles, they're expensive. Each yeah. one of these sets is 250 bucks. Yeah, that's... Nope, I'm out. Hard out. Funko Pops for rich people. Uh, that, I mean, go. you pretty much summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want that whole team, you're paying 500 bucks. No bueno. Yeah, I love Mighty Morphin, but that kind of about does it for me. <laughs> I'm just going to buy a real ice cream cone for like $3 and yeah. paint a face on it. <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah, definitely not for me. Like one of those, what was it? What did they have? Those like old like wild force popsicle things with the gumball eyes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just get one of those. <laughs> But next up, I think this is the, the most exciting an announcement aside from the Blue Ranger helmet. Power Rangers Morphin Legends. So Enway and Hasbro team up to announce a new mobile RPG, Power Rangers Morphin Legends. Uh, there is a soft launch, but that is only in the Philippines and I think another country. But they do have a soft launch on iOS and Android. I don't think it's available for the U.S., but the goal is to test 
collect feedback, and improve the in-game systems in order to prepare for a worldwide launch. But this game is more of a RPG that lets players collect, strategize, battle, and level up iconic rangers and villains across the seasons to assemble the ultimate Power Rangers team. It's developed by Enway, who of course has done Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid, and this is a turn-based action, event-driven meta and narrative experience never before seen on mobile. And they did clarify in one of the interviews that even though Enway, which is now a subsidiary of Animoca Brands, Animoca does a lot in the NFT space, which we definitely don't like. But they did say in a different article that when it was announced that this will not feature NFTs in any way. So for anyone who's on the fence about NFTs or definitely objects to them like like I do, this game will not feature any NFT involvement, which is good. Yeah. It looks pretty good, too. Imagine, like, teaming up Rangers from different uh, seasons, and it's going to be cool. Yeah, and some people have noted, like, in the different betas that people have been able to access and stream – and just from the teaser videos that they put out, there's different characters than what's in Battle for the Grid and Legacy Wars. Like there's Rancic. Oh. I think I saw, God, what was the other ranger I saw that was, there's definitely different ones that are not in either game, which is pretty cool. But I know Rancic was, that was a big one where I saw that. I was like, oh, cool. They have him. I'll put a link to the not only the article for the press release, but also some video and, and pictures. But yeah, I reached out to uh, contact at Mway, wanted to reach out and, and get more info on this since they pretty much just put it out on a couple sites and, and that was kind of it. But for more information where you can sign up to actually be on a list when it announces, you can go to morphinlegends.com to sign up for the latest news and to follow the game on social media. So they're basically on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. They're not super active right now, but hopefully all of that will change in the coming months. So definitely look out for that. I'm excited for the game. Yeah, the game is going to be great. I mean, it's probably going to be the game that finally pulls me off of Transformers Forge to Fight. Is that kind of like a similar thing, like an RPG type yeah, so you collect various Transformers from across cartoons, the movies, Beast Wars, Transformers even, and you battle through stages in a sort of RPG narrative game. Um, there is a PvP element to it that I mm-hmm. haven't figured out just because it's something separate that you don't, you're not forced to do. But I've been playing through narratively through the missions and they're a ton of fun. And yeah, the collectible aspect of like collecting your favorite Transformers is exciting. It's that fun gotcha style game. You can open a random crystal and get a random uh, bot. And right mm-hmm. now my my best bot is a five star, which is the highest tier character you can get. Dino bot from Beast Wars. That sounds awesome. And to apply that type of game concept to Power Rangers, and I've seen the video, I I like where you can build a five-person team and fight against enemy team as well. I'm definitely all for this game. I hope it doesn't become like a 
pay to win type of situation because I know, I know legacy wars can fall into that a little bit where they've rarely released like a common or other lower tier ranger gets all like super rare or legendary or whatever. And so, yeah, I, I hope with this game, it's a little bit more balanced. I hope it's a little easier to collect characters because I, I kind of liken it to, cause I play as the star Trek game timelines and it's a lot easier to collect characters from across the generations of Star Trek. And I would love to see that model. You know, like obviously, there's a pay element to timelines. Like I spend money on dilithium shards just so I can upgrade certain things and whatever. Um, so there's there's definitely a paid element. But I feel like I'm not forced to buy anything, whereas I feel like Legacy Wars is a little bit more like pay a little bit higher for some of these newer characters that we're releasing. So I'm definitely excited about where the direction of this game could go. I just wish I could get my hands on a beta version of it so I could start playing. Yeah, it. same. I I'm anxiously awaiting this game to get a release or, or if we can get some kind of like beta keys or something for the podcast, because, yeah, I would love to play this game ASAP. I'm definitely in talks with Fenway just for literally any information. And, you know, I, I reached out to them and said, Hey, if we could get even someone from the team to, you know, interview and be on the podcast, because I mean, they, they've had their social media people change so many times, you know, in right. the past year and a half, couple of years. So we've like lost our initial connection and then, you know, we have to reconnect each time. But I definitely said, Hey, we'd love to have someone on from Enway for an interview. Like we've done all those interviews in the past and we'd love to, to talk about this game. So yeah, hopefully we can get a key. It's reminding me a little bit of Power Rangers Dash. And I don't know if anybody remembers that. Just a little yeah. bit. Like the whole, like, you can combine from different seasons. Realistically, that's the only thing I liked about that game. That mm -hmm. was the only, like, good thing about it. But this is, like, an actual game with that same concept. And it's going to be great. I've seen some people Twitch stream it that, you know, are from the Philippines and, and they have it. It looks like an amazing game. There's definitely a, a cell shaded art style to it, which I, I actually think really works for this type of game. Um, and it really works with all the different Ranger designs. Oh, and the cell shaded pink figure finally makes sense. Um, oh. <laughs> geez. All right, there you go. I hate that figure so much. I, I actually was in a GameStop a couple weeks ago and I saw it in person for the first time. And I'm like, what was the point of this? It just looks it like that is definitely a figure. That's not for me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even fix the, the issue, the knee issue with the figure. It's just a, it's just a repaint. Oh my God. Anyways, I, I don't want to get into that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cell shaded pink can't hurt you, Eric. No, it, it really can't. It really can't. Okay. So this is a little bit of a content warning uh, for people. There's sexual allegations with a former ranger. So if you're sensitive, you, you just might want to skip ahead. So this is just a sexual harassment content warning. So there has been a few things coming out on Twitter about some sexual assault allegations against Michael Copon, who was 
Time Force Blue, Lucas, in the show. Apparently, he was also in One Tree Hill, which I, I never watched. But there was a One Tree Hill convention a number of years ago that in 2015, there was an allegation by a woman who said that Michael Copon had molested her in his music studio when she was 11. Obviously, we don't know the evidence. We don't know what's happening. We'll link to a thread on Ranger Board where they kind of collected everything. But back in 2015, there was an allegation against Michael Copon that, that this woman came forward with that she talked about Michael Copon and that she was molested. And then another incident came out during a One Tree Hill convention where at this convention, multiple women reported that a male guest of these conventions was behaving inappropriately and the organization did nothing. He was invited back multiple times until more than one of us women, quote, was alerted and then jointly said uh, that we would never do another con again if he were present. And so they kind of did some digging, find out they were talking about Michael Copon, who played a recurring character named Felix Tagaro on One Tree Hill, and that some of the girls he was accused of sexually harassing at this icon convention were as young as 14 years old. Again, the allegations are out there. I tend to be on the side of believing when multiple women come forward about allegations. We don't talk a lot about actors on the podcast, just because I don't like to get involved in reporting everything about what every Ranger actor is doing, because that doesn't interest me. I'm more interested in, in the show, but something like this comes out and I don't care if the allegations are five, 10, 15 years old or whatever. If people are talking about it and if it's something that is going on, then I think that's serious. And I think people need to be aware of that, be aware of what he has possibly done. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no love loss for me on this guy. If all of that is true, then he's a disgusting individual. I mean, I'm not a big fan of him since he's another one of those people that took a bunch of money from fans and didn't deliver on said product. When he did that independent Power Rangers project, it was something like, $30,000 that he took from people and didn't give updates for five years. And in 2020 was the last time he talked about it saying, I got a private investment and I'm going to continue to do it. And still nothing happened. So I, I'm not a fan of that to begin with. And then add this on top of that pattern of bad behavior of different levels, but still bad behavior. And I remember when these allegations first sort of surfaced, mm -hmm. at least the Instagram ones in, I think around 2015, they said it was. Yeah. I remember when that all first surfaced and people talked about it for like a hot second and then they just like sort of forgot about it. Right. And I don't think I ever heard about that. I still remembered it. And I was always, it was always kind of in the back of my head a little bit. Like I was yeah. wondering when it would come up again because it inevitably would. And I guess now is is the time. It doesn't shock me that he was, uh, I guess, allegedly doing similar things at a One Tree Hill convention. Right, which has like a big female demographic. Mm -hmm. A lot of this quote, because there's this article that the person took that quote from, and there, there's even a quote, and like Sophia Bush was talking about this, like but on her Twitter back in the day. 
Yeah, she didn't name him, but putting yeah. the pieces together. Yeah, it's it's clear who they were talking about, right? And I know we've talked about Sophia Bush on the show before because of Chicago PD and uh, apparently AP sounds like her. <laughs> when I have a sinus infection, sometimes right. I sound like Sophia Bush. <laughs> but if multiple actors in this convention were also wary about it, and, and you can look up on Twitter, you can type in Michael Copan icon, E-Y-E con, and you can see people were talking about it back then. Obviously, we're not a court of law. We're not anything like that. I'm just putting it out there because he's definitely someone I would avoid at conventions. Like you should be able to make that choice for yourself on your own. If, if you don't want to be around someone who's yeah. been accused of that, you should be aware of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying this was a freaking weird week and a half in Power Rangers mm-hmm. <laughs> Twitter. But something that blew up only a few days ago as we're recording this. Well, uh, Austin St. John is involved in a federal indictment. Yep. He was indicted by a federal grand jury. We're going to have links to all of this, but this is from the justice.gov. So it's a, it's a government. It's the office of the United States attorneys, federal department of justice. <laughs> yeah. This is the federal department of justice. Yeah. Like this is not BS. Immediate release, this was on Wednesday, May 18th, 18 arrested, charged in East Texas Paycheck Protection Program-related fraud. 19 individuals have been named in a federal indictment, charging them with violations in the Eastern District of Texas, announced by U.S. Attorney Britt Featherstone today. The indictment returned by a federal grand jury on May 12th, charges the defendants with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The following 18 defendants have either been arrested or summoned for appearance before a federal magistrate judge. And named in this is one Jason Lawrence Geiger, a.k.a. Austin St. John, a.k.a. the Red Power Ranger, (laughs) which... AKA the red power ranger in a federal government press release is mind blowing to me. And you know what that means though? That means he used that identity as part of this fraud. The red power ranger. Yeah. It's got to have something to do with his career as the red power ranger because otherwise. Well, Cause St. John enterprises is named in the court documents. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it has something to do with all that. It's not just him oh personally. God doing this it has something to do with his career as the red power ranger got it they don't usually aka you in that sense unless that identity pop pops up somewhere within the evidence got it yeah oh so it's not just like a joke like hey he's also the red power ranger no it means that like that oh yep well age 47 of mckinney texas according to the indictment The defendants, led by Michael Hill and Andrew Moran, have alleged to have executed a scheme to defraud lenders and Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah, this is insane because in total, the defendants are alleged to have fraudulently obtained at least 16 loans and at least $3.5 million dollars. If convicted, the defendants 
each face up to 20 years in federal prison. Mm-hmm. And I think ASJ himself was charged with like at least 200 grand. I think a little bit more than that. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that because I've got several links okay. that I want to mention. So our friend of the podcast, Josh Moore, Kentucky Jam, he actually dove into some of the legal documents surrounding this. And we'll link to his thread on Twitter, but there is some really more detailed information about this where he pulled up some, and he's a journalist, he's a full-time journalist. So he's using his journalism powers to deduce and, and find these documents. So there's some various uh, dates. Apparently they have a hearing on the the 24th. So by the time that you listen to this, some of these initial hearings will have already been concluded. Uh, you can find all of those dates on here. But one of the interesting things to note, so Jason Geiger, Austin St. John, and I knew that was his real name, but apparently a lot of the people in the fandom didn't know that Austin St. John was an alias, uh, much to my <laughs> surprise. Uh, but yeah, his real name is Jason and he played Jason and there's already Jason, David Frank. There's like too many Jasons in power Rangers. So even early on, he went by Austin St. John just to kind of separate himself. And that was his stage name, but he obtained a PPP loan of $225,000 for St. John Enterprises, of which 192000 of that is alleged to have gone towards parties or investments unrelated to his business. Mm-hmm. And Josh, further in the thread, says, uh, reading the indictment, it seems like most, if not all, the parties alleged to have committed fraud were connected to Cord Newman Global, including... Uh, Geiger, ASJ. And it reads like CNG dug its own grave from the get-go. The Cord Newman Global PPP loan was accessed electronically from an IP address of the defendant, blah, 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 in the Texas. The same IP address was also tied to PPP loans of the following conspirators. They falsely stated that the business had nine employees and had an average monthly payroll expense of $90,000. In reality, Core Newman Global had no employees and had no payroll or other identifiable business expenses. In support of the PPP application, blank submitted, uh, it's like redacted, submitted documents such as voided checks, IRS Schedule C forms, and invoices. However, the documentation was all false and fabricated, as the invoice contained basic errors such as references to Cord Welbin Global instead of the actual business name Cord Newman Global. And so oh. you may ask, who is Cord Newman? Apparently, he's a stuntman and friend of Austin St. John. So if you go in Josh's thread, you can see pictures of uh, numerous Instagram posts of him with this Cord Newman person. And them just hanging out like they're good friends. Yep. And it says Austin St. John and Cord Newman have at least known each other since 2017. And there's a, a source link to Austin St. John's Twitter uh, where it says filming fireball run with stunt pro Cord Newman and cameraman Dave. 
So there's all of that. Then there was a deadline report, which said in a statement, St. John's lawyer said he pleaded not guilty. Quote, an indictment is not evidence of guilt. David Clot, a lawyer representing St. John, said, All defendants are presumed innocent, and Mr. St. John intends to vigorously defend himself against his allegation. And then he had some statements from his management, which is uh, Galactic Productions. First was something I thought was just hilarious, which was talking about a convention appearance that he wasn't going to be able to attend due to unforeseen personal obligations. Austin St. John is unable to attend Des Moines, Iowa con this weekend. He sends his apologies and love to all those that were looking forward to meeting him. Austin plans to be here to meet all of his fans in 2023. And I'm like, good good luck with that. Good luck. (laughs) And I was like, what did, what did I say? I, like, under federal indictment is a little too on the nose. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Personal obligations. And then Galactic Productions also did this statement on, like, a letterhead, which I thought was completely ridiculous. Uh, but it says, Austin St. John is a father, husband, role model, and friend to many. The indictment detailed today is populated by a multitude of individuals, the majority of which Austin has no knowledge of and has never met or interacted with. It is our understanding that Austin put his faith, reputation, and finances in the hands of third parties whose goals were self-centered and ultimately manipulated and betrayed his trust. We expect Austin's legal team to successfully defend the against these charges and lead to his ultimate exoneration. We ask that you respect the privacy of Austin's family in light of this serious situation, and thank you for your support. Okay. Uh, this is a lot it. to unpack. Yeah. So... I just want to say for me personally, there is no love loss between me and Austin St. John. It's no secret that I'm not a fan of his. I'm not a fan of his quote unquote street team or his management. Mm -hmm. One of which we've had on the show previously, super early in our show. Before all of the. But yeah, before all of the crap happens. Yeah. I had quite a fun uh, Friday making fun of Austin St. John, (laughs) including half the fandom on Twitter because I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like what he does. I came to dislike him as a person, his little fan film with the order, which still to this day, six, seven years later, hasn't done. And him and his little buddies got our podcast account shadow banned for a year. So there's no love loss between me and Austin St. John. I think he's an asshole. I think he's a racist. I think he is a horrible person. This is the guy who made asinine comments about Black Lives Matter. He initially denied the COVID pandemic, saying that it was like a Chinese conspiracy theory or something. He has managers who are incredibly racist. Like openly. Openly racist. Yeah. His convention handlers who had like comparing monkeys to black people, which is extremely and horribly racist. Mm-hmm. He was against the Black Lives Matter protests, just super conservative right wing transphobic. Don't forget he went on that transphobic rant at the Power Morphicon meetup. Yeah, the transphobic rant. 
I never knew about that. Oh yeah, there was a there was a meetup where it was like you go take a bus to the the. This Jewish was at 2018, that, the last yeah. Paramorphicon, okay. right? Yeah, the place where the command center exterior is. Yes, and okay. he got to meet up with some fans there, and he went on some weird tangent in the middle of a speech where he was talking about like you know uh, guys girls whatever you know you want to call yourself whatever week it is and he went on a very transphobic like tangent that that. made people really realize he's a piece of oh wow i never knew about that so thank you for letting me know just another check mark into the asj (laughs) i already knew he was trash but now he's more trash so (laughs) he's super secret double trash Yes. It's not really a secret because everybody knows. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I made my piece. I made cathartic jokes at his expense. Mm-hmm. I'm very clear on social media. I think he's a piece of garbage. And this is just one more pattern of piece of garbage. TMZ, as much as I don't like their reporting, you know, they had an eyewitness account from one of his neighbors that said, you know, these federal agents showed up with AK-47s and pulled him out of the house and had him in handcuffs. I say, couldn't happen to a nicer person. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like Austin St. John. It's no secret that I don't like him. And I've had people come into my mentions, freaking randos that are like, because I told some, I'm like, look, he's got racist handlers. He's said all this trash. And someone like, well, where's your proof? And it's like, okay, sorry, rando with like 40 followers. I'm not going to waste my time going through five, six years of screenshots just to prove something to you. It's out there. Half the fandom knows what an ASJ is. The stuff is out there for you to look. I don't want to say mostly casual fans who still like him, like as a person anyway. Right. It's like a very small subsection of the fandom still is like all about him. My hero, my hero. Yeah, because they can't separate him from Jason. No, they can't. And and look, I am an OG 1993 Power Rangers fan. I grew up with Austin St. John, Jason David Frank, the original cast. When I first met Austin St. John, actually in person at the first Power Morphicon he showed up to, it was already a, a, a soured experience because I had developed a, re- a working relationship with his convention manager at the time. I was doing like Photoshop work and stuff for them. And I was in the line at Power Morphicon. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Austin, we'll, we'll cover you. You know, we'll, we'll get you. Don't worry about it. And yet I get in line, all that went out the window. Where's the money? Give me your money, blah, blah, blah. So I was already soured on that. And yeah, okay, cool. I got, I got a picture. I got a picture with him and Utah who played uh, Geki from uh Jew Ranger. And I got their combo picture. Great. But everything after that just kept on souring me to Austin St. John. I mean, this is the guy who with his St. John enterprises website charging $150 for a signed pop cornering the red ranger pop market which was another thing the fandom went on his whole shop is filled with like bootleg power rangers and sentai merchandise it's a mess Mm -hmm. so from the get-go okay sure if you're some new person in the fandom and you don't know all this history fine 
But the thing is, it's out there, and many fans have experienced his BS in person. And the people that he surrounds himself with. Our good friend, Second Batgirl, has had run-ins with him and his handlers. I've had my own personal experiences. There's a lot of people who've had really terrible, awful experiences with him and the people that surround him. And this whole indicted for wire fraud, not a surprise for me. It wasn't on my bingo card for 2022, but I'll take it. <laughs> yes, there always is like innocent until proven guilty. Sure. No matter what. But in a federal indictment, especially like a white collar financial fraud case, there's more evidence behind it to begin with. They're not like looking they have to a get ton of evidence. Yeah. yeah. Is a federal indictment from a grand jury. That means they have to bring the evidence to the grand jury in order to bring the charges. So there's already some evidence there. This isn't just like getting a dangerous person off the street and you arrest them and exactly what have you. This isn't like a traditional criminal case. There's already a lot of investigation on the mm -hmm. front end to produce the evidence to make the charge. Yeah. Like a federal indictment, they don't f around. Yeah. This is financial crime. They probably caught on to him and were investigating him before he even realized it. Yep. Yep. And I will say, I guess there is a possibility he's innocent. Sure. But the likelihood is slim. Very, very slim. And yeah. this isn't like he was, you know, doing theft from a company or something. He was thieving from the United States government. And mm -hmm. if there's one thing you don't do, it is try and steal from the government because they will find you. They will get you. You messed up big time, pal. What were you saying? Like the rate on federal indictment? It's something like a 96% rate of uh, guilty parties to innocence. Like he has a 4% chance of actually being innocent, which is probable, but not right. bloody likely. I know someone who got a PPP loan, who like deservedly got a PPP loan. Right. And I talked to them about like how they went through the process. And they were telling me like, when you apply it was kind of minimal. Like you just had to submit your payroll records basically and kind of say, Hey, like this is the amount I pay. What right. have you? And then later on is when you submit more documents to kind of justify that. So your, your paperwork has to match up with how you're spending it, so on and so forth. And he probably most likely said that he was, had all these people on his payroll and he didn't. Yeah. At least not in like a legal actual way. Or maybe he did and he didn't actually give them the money. He had no proof that he paid who he said he was going to pay. Which is worse. Like that makes yeah. you even more of an mm -hmm. <laughs> And look, I had so many people come into my to my mentions with like, well, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, I get that. We have a justice system, but I don't care. I think he's a jerk. Yeah. Even if, you know, the max sentence is 20 years, even if they go into some kind of plea deal or, you know, eventually he pleads guilty, he's going to get like five years minimum for this, at least. Mm hmm. The thing that bugs me about the innocent until proven guilty argument is, like AP said, the fact that this was a case that was taken before a federal grand jury. They had to have the evidence in place in the first place to even get the grand jury to look at the case. And there was enough evidence there that the grand jury pre-decided, yeah, there's evidence, there's correlation, arrest him. And this isn't just, oh, 
he may have been involved in this group or whatever. No, the documents that, that Josh provided, they broke down this 3.5 million. Austin St. John's company used $225,000 of this money, a quarter of a million dollars that mm-hmm. could have gone to someone that actually needed this money. And that's what pisses me off. So many small businesses went under because they couldn't get this money because yes. people defrauded the government and got the money when they didn't deserve it. And I was talking about this with a friend who I had dinner with yesterday and, and he brought it up. So he's like, Hey, did you hear about the red Ranger? Cause he's like, I saw this on the news <laughs> and you know, obviously, you know, I'm the power Rangers guy. Like everyone know, in my friend circle knows I'm the power Rangers guy. And he was pissed off because his dad applied for one of these PP loans and only got like 59 bucks for a PP loan. And Jesus, he was saying his dad could have used that money. It could have gone to so many deserving people and to have this jerk like try to defraud. And even if what, what their management said, like, Oh, he, he put his reputation and faith in That's not how that works, though. No, it's not how it works. So they got his payroll records for it. So some random person that he put his trust in, he gave his payroll records to them and applied for the loan and got the loan and decided to spend it on whatever he wanted. Someone forced him to do that? No. Right. But even then, even if he did go into this group and put his trust and, and money into this, then that just makes him look like an idiot for trusting his money with a stranger that just makes him look like a fool either way. And did this stranger apply for a PPP loan in his name and then like, right. Give him the money and he didn't question it and just decided to go do whatever he wanted with it. Cause that's even weirder. Like that doesn't seem like a defense to me. No, it's, it's, it's definitely not. It's, like, a defense. it's just bullshit. I'm sorry. That's just bullshit. It is. And I, I get it. Some people are like, you know, why are people taking pleasure in this? What, whatever. It's not, it's not pleasure. It's a cathartic. I knew this guy was a jerk the whole time. And it's here's like a sense of validation. Yeah. It's, it's validation. Yeah. It's validation because yeah. it's like, this is now on his public record. Mm-hmm. Like this is all over the news. I feel bad for Steve Cardenas because some really <laughs> news organizations was using his picture instead of yeah. Austin St. John, which is complete. And some of them did switch it. But by that point it was already in like catches and yeah. it's still popping up in like news feeds. That's so. like damaging to Steve Cardenas's character. Yeah. And I hope he goes after those organizations. Oh yeah. He absolutely should. The amount of damage that could be done to his reputation by these news outlets using the wrong photo just through sheer ineptitude i've always liked rocky better <laughs> rocky <laughs> just wants to have fun he wants to have yeah. fun but not in a way that's going to get him federally indicted <laughs> yeah. rocky doesn't want to steal your money rocky just wants to have fun <laughs> like we said it's validation it's cathartic and i know i'm going to be kind of glued to uh, the news surrounding this because i'm certainly interested in hearing what happens next because oh, yeah. it's just a <sighs> it's terrible. It's not yeah. the press that Power Rangers needs. And I get it. Separate the character from the actor. 
but he's the Red Ranger. Yeah. When people said that a red that the Red Ranger like killed a guy, they thought it was Austin St. John, not Rick Medina. But now at this time, it actually is Austin St. John. So I think it's terrible. I hope he gets exactly what's coming to him. Like we're not taking joy in this. No, I'm not. Austin St. John, yeah. like playing Jason. I looked up to Jason as a kid. He was like the embodiment of a leader and. Look, I'm not taking away all the good things that Austin St. John has done. He helped my friend Tyler in a medical situation as an EMT at Power Morphicon. I was there for that. And we actually, I'll talk about our guest editorial by Tyler in a bit because that's related to this. But look, Tyler idolized the guy and he was even willing to ignore you know, some of these other offenses that Austin St. John opened his mouth on social media and it was just like the wrong take. But then this is what finally hit home for Tyler. And there's that saying, never meet your heroes or whatever, but there's also, you know, meet your heroes, humanize them because they're people too. And people make mistakes. And in the case of Austin St. John, terrible, horrible mistakes screwing around with other people's money that could have gone to people more deserving. And look, I'm not taken away from what Austin St. John has done in his personal career. He served overseas. He was an EMT. He had a whole career outside of being a Power Ranger. And it was only in the last- He was like helping people. Right. And it was only in the last seven, eight years where he came back into the fandom and started doing conventions. But here's the thing. Conventions dried up in 2020. So what did he do? Instead of doubling down on his business, he decided to file for a PPP loan, a fraudulent one, and commit wire fraud to make that same lifestyle or whatever. Maybe he did need to pay people, but then sure. he, did, he didn't pay the people. Right. Whatever evidence that they have, it's solid enough to indict him. And I think that's what people need to realize. Yes, there's innocent until proven guilty, but this is a federal indictment. They have enough casework on the back end to solidly make a charge against someone. Like they don't just come up with this out of thin air. Like this has been researched and cataloged and documented. And, you know, I hope that the legal documents in whatever Josh put into his thread, which we'll link to, that's all document that is the reason why they're charging him on some level and now it's his and his legal team's responsibility to disprove those claims but i don't think they'll be able to i mean i was looking into the guy who's they said is his attorney yeah not like digging into him but like looking at his credentials he seems like a sort of like a heavy hitter i mean he's one of the managing owners of this big law firm and Right. He brings forth these cases on behalf of like defendants a lot. So, yeah, I want to mention a couple more things and we'll move past this. So Michael Tabor, (laughs) Dino Charge Green, opened his big, dumb, stupid mouth (laughs) and he quote tweeted TMZ where it says, Austin St. John, actor who played Red Power Ranger in the 90s TV series, had his house raided by the feds and now under arrest in massive federal case. So Michael Tabor just decided to be an idiot and say, if they paid the actors what they deserve to be paid, there probably wouldn't be as many X-Rangers resorting to a crime. Power Rangers, what costs more? Paying standard acting fees or hiring fancy crisis publicists with another Ranger is inevitably in the same position. First of all, this has nothing to do with Power Rangers. They wouldn't hire a crisis publicist for this. This is nothing to do 
with Power Rangers. Yeah. I get where he's coming from, like pay actors more. I completely agree with that sentiment, but that's not what any of this is. Austin St. John was a Power Ranger 30 years ago. He has had more than enough time to move on with his career, EMT, blah, 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 and his own convention appearances and money from that and his store. He wasn't even like in the military. He was a contractor. I get it. He still rides that wave. It's a little uncomfortable, actually. But you know what I mean? He's had enough of a career that Power Rangers money is not his problem anymore. It's not a factor. Right. It's nothing to do with this. What Michael Tabor said, there probably wouldn't be as many ex-rangers resorting to crime. How many ex-rangers are resorting to crime that we <laughs> apparently don't know about? Like, what? Yeah. Did getting underpaid make Rick Medina kill a guy? I don't know. Did it? No. Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> Who the frick knows? But no, I was talking with Second Batgirl about this, and it's like, okay, yeah, pay the actors more. Like, we get that. They're unfairly compensated. But being unfairly compensated doesn't mean go do crime. Exactly. Like plenty of people, I'd say maybe the majority of America is unfairly compensated for their work and they don't go do crime. That is not a, I want to say causation, but I don't, that's not the right word. Right. It's not an excuse. Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. get paid, so I'm going to commit wire fraud. Like what the hell? <laughs> I'm going to commit wire fraud 30 years later. Yeah. It's no secret that Michael Tabor isn't a fan. I mean, he made several past tweets before about he regret being a Power Ranger. We've talked about it on this show before. He's a little salty. I mean, we had a whole episode about SAG and non-union, and it was sparked by something Michael Tabor said before. But, but this is ridiculous take. It's a horrible, horrible take. One last thing, we actually had a guest editorial by friend of the show, Tyler Waldman, who is a Baltimore media relations professional, recovering journalist, and former host of RangerCast, as he put in his bio. He put a guest editorial, he approached me, uh, he said it wasn't like an apology piece or anything. So I was like, cool, I'll read it. Um, I read it, I was like, wow, this is great. I said, cool, we'll put it up on the site. Next day it was up because he saw this news about Austin St. John. Obviously Austin St. John played a part in saving his life when he had a seizure at a convention and was in the hospital and they made sure that he got to Ranger stop. All of his expenses were paid. So obviously he's held Austin St. John to a higher light. And even admittedly in the article, he says, look, I was able to look past certain things that he said or did because this was the guy who saved my life. But he's like, I can't reconcile this. And so basically he cathartically wrote this like 900 word editorial that we have on our site. Now it says Austin St. John indictment fits into a broader history of childhood heroes letting us down. I think it's a great read. I think everyone should read it, but yeah, it brings up things like Michael Copon taking $13,000 for an independent power ranger movie. It talks about, Jason David Frank raising half a million dollars for Legend of the White Dragon. It talks about The Order and Karen Ashley raising more than $142,000 with nothing to show for it six years later. And then it talks about Austin St. John and scamming the federal government, allegedly. So it's a great piece by Tyler. I know it was very hard for him to write it, so I'd appreciate it if people read his thing. And I turned off comments on Instagram for it because... There were so many like people bringing up, whoa, Johnny Depp. And have we not learned from anything from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard oh, situation? Oh, f that. And like all of this, it was horrible. It was horrible. I deleted those comments. I got rid of them. It's just like maybe read the article and it's about coming to terms with 
look, some of our childhood actors are just people, and sometimes people do bad things. Exactly. Have you learned anything from the Johnny Depp case? <laughs> he is not Captain Jack Sparrow. He is a person. Someone's legal battles is not entertainment. It is real life. Right. And it is real people behind it. Ugh. Like, it's okay to follow a legal case. Like, that's cool. But don't, for God's sake, quit treating it like entertainment. This is not the Red Power Ranger on trial, although it kind of is, because apparently that was in the press release. But <laughs> like, it's not the Red Power Ranger on trial. It's Jason Lawrence Geiger. Right. He probably did this. Yeah. And just a final note on this. We don't usually talk about drama in, in the Power Rangers actors sphere because we're more focused on, on the show and the fans and talking about the news. But I mean, this is such like a big deal because this is like a nationwide, like this is on national news. You have all the major outlets reporting on this. And the fact that it's the red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, he was the original actor that started it all. And this is a big deal. Like I said, I have no love loss for the guy. I'm not a fan of his. Did I get a little pleasure joking about this? Sure. Why not? Because it's therapeutic for me because I know that finally something is coming to justice and I wasn't surprised by it. I wasn't surprised because it's a pattern of ridiculous behavior and repugnant behavior by someone who I once admired as, as a kid. But I know like when I'm watching power Rangers, I'm watching the character of Jason character of Jason is a cool dude. He's cool in the comics. Comics, Jason, TV, Jason, that's Jason. And even, you know, something like Grid Connection, where he came back for, for Grid Battle Force. Yeah, sure. Was it a little funny, some of the lines in delivery? Sure. But at the same time, I'm seeing Jason, the character of Jason. And that episode aired after all this stuff where I've already disliked Austin St. John. But I was able to separate that enough to be like, Man, Jason came back. He morphed once again. He got a new power coin. That's cool. Like he fought a new version of Goldar. That's awesome. I can separate that. But the person, not great. And whatever plans that Hasbro has for the 30th anniversary, if it involved any of the Power Rangers, because there's a lot of rumors and stuff flying around about the 30th anniversary. Sure. Is Hasbro going to have to scramble plans and maybe change some plans? Sure. I, I bet they'll have to. But I think that, sure, innocent until proven guilty. But I've seen enough of this guy's character over the years to determine where I'm not surprised that this happened. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's found guilty. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, it's a pattern of behavior and it's all kind of coming to a... It's coming to a head. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just people need to realize that this isn't their hero this is a guy who made a mistake right mm -hmm. and he's gonna have to pay for that mistake as we all do and you cannot let your nostalgia cloud real world scenarios he is a real person he is not a television character superhero that's right He's a real person capable of real person things. And look, do, do I have sympathy for his family, his children? Sure, I do. They're thrown in a position where a member of their family has made a terrible mistake that also affects them. I'm not some heartless asshole. Like, I hope his kids weren't there. Family wasn't there when he was arrested, because that's got to be, like, traumatizing. Right. I don't wish that for anyone 
surrounding him, if, if they weren't involved in this, I feel for those that weren't involved that are affected by this because of his dumb, stupid decision. Mm -hmm. But as for him, I hope he has a really good defense team because he's going to need it. It's a federal indictment. Yep. <laughs> good luck going back to that convention or any convention for the next five, 10 years. Is he going to Skype into the 2023 convention? Oh my from, God. <laughs> federal prison. Cause I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry to get serious because, you know, we, we still need to talk about Dino Fury season two and, and we've only got like 40 minutes to do it. I'm just running on Mountain Dew and I had Mountain Dew last night and then coffee this morning. I need some water in my system. Why is it? Why does it sound like Ricky Bobby's kids? Like, I'm just running on Mountain Dew. I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that Mountain Dew spark is amazing. Personally, I can't just because of the sugar content, but, um, oh, I only drink. So I'm <laughs> weird. I only drink really? zero no, sugar soda. It's a taste thing for me. I, oh, okay. do not, I do not like the taste of regular soda. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the brand. I just don't like it. But so. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew zero sugar spark. It's great. It's raspberry lemonade flavored. It basically just tastes like a sparkling raspberry lemonade. See, um, I didn't know that they did zero sugar, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's, I'll it's try it. It's a new it. thing, like within the last maybe year or so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe oh, I'll man. try it. I tried that watermelon Mountain Dew, and like the first sip, it tastes kind of like a watermelon Jolly Rancher, and then immediately you get that like Mountain Dew aftertaste. Yeah, oh, man. I didn't like that one. I did not. I only like this raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dino Fury. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are talking about, uh, which should have been the main topic, but I, I mean, we, we got a little, well, I mean, <laughs> we had to discuss some things this, happened, yes. things. things happened that needed to be discussed. Yes. What crime? All right. <laughs> so over the past couple months, we have been reviewing Dino Fury season two. We did episodes one through three on extra episode 85. And then we did our last extra episode on episodes four through seven. And now today we're going to be talking about the rest of the episodes that released on Netflix, because we're still waiting for the second half of Dino Fury season two, which hopefully should be announced uh, any day when that's coming back. I know people are kind of thinking it'll be like a June release for that. So uh, we're going to be talking about episodes eight through 11, but AP, I know you missed or you weren't here for the extra episodes where we reviewed episodes one through seven. So I just want to get maybe your thoughts. Uh, you don't have to go into super detail, but overall up to this point that we're going to talk about today, what has been your thoughts, your feelings for season two so far of Dino Fury? So, so far. I I love it. I mean, it's still the same show. And I think Simon said that the budget didn't change or anything right. like that. But it still feels grander, in mm -hmm. a sense. I've really enjoyed some of the episodes, the way they've approached certain topics. I think it was stitched up, the, the prom episode. That was completely unexpected to me. Like, I never, in like my wildest dreams or whatever, would think that Power Rangers would tackle something like that. But they did, and they did it extremely well. Mm -hmm. It was such a nice episode. I'm not going to go further into detail, but it was just a very nice episode. Great representation. Loved it. 
Um, got major Doctor Who vibes, like the Doctor going back to Gallifrey vibes. Mm-hmm. When uh, Zato was going back to Rafcon, that was great. Was it? Now I'm like going all over the place, but episode one, when Jane and Jay Borg were in the hot air balloon, <laughs> I was having major Amanda show flashbacks to, uh, <laughs> it was called Moody's Point, when the mom is trapped in a hot air balloon the whole time. Some of you 90s kids are going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's been such a great ride so far. It's such a refreshing show. Mm-hmm. I love where they're taking it. Like, no detail is kind of lost. It's so good. It's such a smooth product. It's not super cheesy. They're not focused on the power-up. It's not a super season. And I think that makes a lot of the difference, too. It's like, oh, we're going super mode. Like, no, they're just continuing the story Mm -hmm. in a nice, cohesive way. It's just an escalation of the existing story. It's not just like, oh, we're getting all these new powers. And I mean, they are, but that's not the focus of it. The story is the focus. And I love it. I'm loving it. That's awesome. And I think we pretty much summed up how how Zach and I feel about it. I'm loving Dino Fury season two, 100%. So let's get into it with episode eight serious business, which is the eighth episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury season two and 30th episode overall. It is the second part to the three-part arc regarding Void Knight's defection and Void Queen as the new boss, foreshadowing the appearance of Snag Eye in the previous episode. So this aired, as all of these episodes aired, on March 3rd, 2022 on Netflix, The story was by Alwyn Dale and Becca Barnes with teleplay by Johnny Hartman and directed the majority of these episodes, at least the first three that we'll talk about, are directed by Carolyn Bell Booth. So the Rangers question Void Knight's intentions. Centura comes up with a new strategy to hunt down her former partner in crime. So pretty much this episode, she has a new Sporex called uh, Track and Slash, which I think is a great design. And it's pretty much just hunting down Tarek. And the real crux of this episode is about Zato not really trusting Tarek and his intention. So Tarek was hiding in the civilians in quote unquote, everyday clothing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Now I remember what episode this is. Okay. That is such a bizarre outfit choice. And I'm just wondering like, why? It was a purple shirt, like cargo pants with like bandoliers. He had these bandoliers, but it looked like some kind of bondage situation. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a real leather daddy vibe from Carrick for that whole episode. Um, and the fact that the monster mistook some other dude in a purple shirt and also bizarre like bag strap. I'm like, yeah, what is happening here? It's a good episode though. Like I like oh, the yeah. whole cyber hacker aspect. That's very modern. A very modern concern gave Jane something to do yeah and the crux of the b plot was that jane is having a buzz blast like live feed going and they're about to hit or they're trying to hit 10 million subscribers by the end of the day and uh there's just a hilarious bit with jay borg 
mixing up the videos and it's of Jane trying to tap dance. Well, the thing is, the actress, Kira Josephson, she's actually a professional tap dancer, which you see some of that talent at the end of the episode. Fun fact, the routine was choreographed by Olivia Tennant, a.k.a. Dr. K on RPM, who is also a dancer and choreographer, and she previously choreographed the dance number for Power Rangers Beast Morphers. So she came back once again to be on Dino Fury for this. So there are some rumors that, oh yeah, Dr. K is coming back for Dino Fury season two. Well, not quite. I mean, her actress did, and that's to choreography this dance that the actress did. Yeah. I just kind of liked how they did give Gina plot here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like, she wasn't just a side character doing the funny stuff. She actually had a purpose. The story was interesting because you had this concept of this person who felt like they were owed something by buzz blast and it's a good lesson on like you aren't really owed anything by the people that you support it involved a bit with this child actor which for power rangers is already like an iffy proposition because we've had so many Mm -hmm. you know it's been a mixed bag of of child actors but i really liked this character mara and she hacked the live stream with these like horrible jokes. And I like the bit with Ion where he discovers the kid in the park and shakes her hand. And then because his Rafconian powers kick in with the touch telepathy, he's able to find out that she is the hacker and that has hijacked the live stream and kind of does this lesson where he's like steals her bike tire and she gets mad about it and she's, uh, he's like, well, what's the problem? And well, that's mine. And look how you feel about it. You're pretty much doing the same thing to buzz blast. And the side bit was one of Tarek's drones, which I thought was a cool aspect, like him spying on the Rangers. And he has all this different tech that he's able to use when he's not using the void Knight armor. So I, I kind of like this underground Tarek and He's on the run from Voinite and her minions. He's seen how wrong it is, and he actually wants to help the Rangers. I think this episode hit all the right points from the A story to the B plot. Everything was just working. I'm really liking this whole plot where Tarek, Voidnight, whatever you want to call him, is becoming a good guy. Yeah. I really like that. Because I don't think he even necessarily was like a bad guy at first. He had a goal and he was he just wanted to achieve it. He was the villain, but he wasn't like looking to destroy the city. He had good intentions. I think that's what I was trying to go. Yeah. I get what you're putting down. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, and, yeah, that's and that's why. Yeah, that's the crux of his character where all he wants to do is get the Sporex beasts. He doesn't even want to work with them. He just wants to use them just so he can revive Centora. And that completely backfired on him. And that's what I love about this season is him realizing once she is actually alive and all she wants to do is get revenge and she goes so far as to become a Sporex being herself and him realizing, you know, what a terrible mistake all of this is. And so I really like this underground aspect that he's doing. Like he's on the run, he's in disguise, questionable 
outfits <laughs> aside, but the fact that he comes in to help the Rangers and even when he's trying to approach the Rangers, he's like, my name's Tarek. I'm trying to save all of you. And Zato's just not having any of it. Or maybe that's more of the next episode. But no, that's this episode, right? Uh, no, it's next episode. Because next episode, we get into probably one of my favorite okay. bits of acting in this whole series. But so still, far. they plant the seeds because this is an arc. This is like the second part of a three arc, mini arc within the show. And that's why I'm getting the two episodes mixed up because I think it's so tight how they were able to go from Tarek being crushed that Centaur destroyed their ship. And now he's on the run. And then this episode where he's just trying to gather Intel with this little drone, which just integrates so well into the Jane story. And then this hacker story. So it very much revolves around buzz blast And that's when I like Jane and Jay Borg is when they're integrated into the story more cohesively like this. And sure, there are some silly antics like Jane, the video mix up and and dancing and stuff, but she's just trying to do her job and get to 10 million subscribers. And I know if I had a platform like that and someone hacked me, I'd feel terrible about it. And I just like the whole concept of the episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. Very modern. It kind of gave some of the side characters something to do. And like you said, it was a nice, cohesively tight middle ground for this Mm -hmm. three-part arc that we're going through. It just really sets up all of the plot for the next episode. And that's why when Tarek helps in his Void Knight armor and he helps destroy Track and Slash or he helps take on Track and Slash, using his void slash Zato is still skeptical. And Tarek is saying, look, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I don't care about the Sporex. And Zato is like, well, then prove it, return all the Sporex. And then we'll believe you looking at it from Zato's perspective. I don't think Zato is wrong. I think he has every reason to say, look, if, if you're really on our side, then prove it because all you've done the past year is be against us. And so why now? So yeah. I, I think it's a it's a good episode to set up the payoff with the next episode. So some notes, because Ranger Wiki always includes like how many Sporex beasts that Void Knight side and, and the Dino Fury Rangers. This total does not change at all within these four episodes. So Void Knight or Centora have 13 Spore XBs and the Dino Fury Rangers have 16. That total does not change in these four episodes, so I'm not going to mention it again. There is a reference where she is embarrassed by the tap dancing video and she says, oh, that's my twin sister in New Zealand. And that's just a funny reference to where Power Rangers Dino Fury is filmed and the whole Power Rangers series since 2003. And like we mentioned before, the sequence that Jane gets Buzz Blast to 10 million subscribers was choreographed by Olivia Tennant. Void Knight's Void Slash attack background is similar to other attacks like Ripcon's uh, Doom Slash, which is seen in the episode Gold Rush, and that's for Dino Charge. So we have episode nine, The Hunt, is the ninth episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury season two and the 31st episode overall. It is the third and final part to the three-part arc of Void Knight's defection and setting up Void Queen as the new boss. 
It features the debut and demise of Snag Eye and the proper debut of the Dino Knight armor after its cameo during flashbacks in Destination Dino Henge. The story was written by Alwyndale and Becca Barnes with teleplay by Maya Thompson and directed by Carolyn Bell Booth. So a quick little summary here is, Amelia leads the crew on a search for a ghost caught on camera and a new robot programmed to crush and conquer hunts down the Rangers. All right. So the hunt, this was a really big episode because this is yeah. the conclusion uh, that we talked about Wreckmate, which has been a recurring uh, Sporex beast villain uh, throughout this part of Dino Fury season two has built this robot, which is more like a general and that's called snag eye and snag eye has this ability to like capture the power Rangers inside of his body, which is kind of like another power Rangers trope that has happened in the past where Mm -hmm. the Rangers either get sucked into another dimension or uh, are incapacitated in some way because of the monster. But Tarek actually overhears the plan because he's in the base trying to get the Sporex B cells from them to kind of prove to Zato, but he has to leave because he's detected by Wreckmate. And Jane and Jay Borg, for the plot of this, they're roller skating down an alley. There's a hilarious bit where they crash into a cabbage cart and the guy's like, my cabbages, which is totally uh, Avatar The Last Airbender reference. Yeah. Which was hilarious. But they see this man running away from a ghost and the ghost and him disappear. So everyone's thinking that, oh my God, it's a ghost. And Amelia's like, ooh, this is the next like story that I can get. And once again, we have a skeptical Ollie, but he actually wants to work with her and investigate. So finally, non-jerk Ollie is now yeah. here, which was my biggest complaint in past episodes that we talked about. Yeah, this episode, this is honestly probably one of my favorites of this of this first half. The acting in this episode from Russell Curry from Zato. Man, that was a brutal part of the episode to have him and Void Knight, and it's just the two of them, and Void Knight is trying to convey just how sincere he's he's trying mm-hmm. to be. And Zato was just like, no, I'm not, I don't believe you. you. You spent all this time against us as an enemy. Why should I believe you now? Tarek lays it all out on the line. He's like, look, Centura, Void Queen, she was my wife. I tried to help her. Yeah. It backfired. Like, he admits he everything. Oh, yeah. That reconciliation between Zato and Tarek, where Zato realizes, oh, he's telling the truth, and he, he actually is trying to help. And, you know, we get this emotional scene as Tarek hands over the dino knight power but man it's such a good episode on one end there's like really good comedy Mm -hmm. with the whole ghost thing and then on the other end it's such a nice character moment with zato and Tarek trying to understand each other there's such a distrust by zato and rightfully so because he's like look i don't excuse all the other times that you tried to destroy us. And I don't trust you at all. Even Zato just screaming, hey, we don't need your help. Seeing the rest of the crew, even Javi, trying to bring Zato down a bit. Yeah. What if Tarek is right? What if Void Knight is really trying to help us? And so I like that, how mad Zato is, because he's saying that Void Knight released all the Sporex on Earth 
Also, I think that's coming from a place of guilt because Zato was the one that ultimately helped release the Sporex in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He knows just how damaging they can be. He's like, how could someone else do this? I think he's seeing a lot of parallels because, you know, on Zato's world, they were releasing the Sporex to try and end a war, I think was the reason that they did it, right? And he was seeing the correlation of like, I tried to do it for a good reason, you're trying to do it for a good reason. And it's just, again, road to hell paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Zato saw that in Tarek and was trying not to. Like, he didn't want to have that same guilt by association, I guess. What happens with Snagai is he's able to capture all of the Rangers except Zato and, and Javi. So they have to retreat and... They cannot get through to the Rangers at all. So that's when Zato begins to doubt things because he thought that Tarek could have overheard them in the alley and sent Stag Eye to ambush him. Like, he's still skeptical. He thought it was yeah. a trap. And Javi is, is still the one that is trying to convince him because he's like, look, people can change. He used the great example, which builds on this whole season, this whole series, that look, my dad changed. He used to hate what I was doing with singing and music. And now he's my number one fan. And then he yeah. was saying, look how much Ollie has changed. He's now actively helping Amelia with a ghost investigation story. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest complaint about Ollie was it seemed like he wasn't learning his lesson until now. Now I'm turning around my feelings on Ollie because he's actually helping Amelia. And he still had like that snark skepticalness to it. But yeah. now he's willing to help her to prove or disprove it. And that's growth for his character. So I like that Javi is throwing these examples back at Zato and like, well, look, if if our friends could change, why can't Void Knight change too? Yeah. Yeah, this is such a good episode for character development. Yes. For, yes. Char- for characters who, not that they haven't had good moments before, but characters that deserve it. Right. Characters that needed a little bit extra. And it's it's just such a good episode for the characters. And just a, a quick comment on toward the end of the episode, Zato frees the other Rangers and Tarek makes himself kind of seen. He's trying to be like, well, I'm going to help you. We're going to fight this. And then is instantly kidnapped by Void Queen before he gets the chance to get away. I feel like that's such a crushing moment in the story yes. to where it's like, this is a hopeful spot. Tarek is going to help the Rangers. He's, he's seen the error of his ways. He really is going to be genuine and help. And then he is taken before he gets the chance to do that. And it's so heartbreaking. And it's it's a wonderful, uh, I, I say wonderful in terms of storytelling. That's not a wonderful situation at all. Uh, but it is a wonderful storytelling trope to have that kind of conflict uh, again where, hey, we might have an ally. Oh, whoops, the ally is now in trouble. Yeah, What's great about this episode is that when it's just Zato and and Javi and then Zato gets trapped and then Javi and Tarek team up uh, as Void Knight and Zato uses his ability because they're trapped inside Snag Eye and he touches the inside of the wall that they're in because that's technically Snag Eye and he's seeing through his eyes that both void Knight and Javi are working together and that finally convinces him. But then even Javi gets trapped and it's all up to void Knight, And he uses 
his attacks and Zato finally is able to jump out, but the other Rangers are still trapped. And that's when we get the amazing new Dino Fury key. We find out that the Void Knight armor was powered by this Dino Knight armor and uh, Zato is able to morph with it. The choreography is amazing. The fight is amazing. I love that armor. It is so freaking cool. The fight yeah. was amazing. That scene was great. Like just everything about it. Yeah. And I, I think I have the toy being delivered later today from Amazon of the, of that figure. I just think that the Sendai footage that they were able to use and combine it with the New Zealand footage, it's a beautiful, gorgeous suit of armor. And I like how there's still mystery to it because Tarek says, look, I found this key and this morpher a long time ago. I used it as the basis for my armor. And then even like what Zach said just before he's taken, he says something like, oh, Rangers, there's so much that you don't know yet. And and I have to tell you, and it's like, we're just getting to the juicy bits and he's yeah. like snatched away. And it really is a shocking moment because all of the Rangers are, are shocked. And I wasn't expecting her, for her to teleport out of no, nowhere. Me neither. I was like genuinely taken aback a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. my God. Like, did that really just happen? And it did. <laughs> we get this final bit with buzz blast. They couldn't find the ghost, but then during their live show, the ghost appears uh, for this un uncanny Casimo, who's this magician. And obviously it's a, uh, it's like a drone. And he's like, Oh, my secrets. <laughs> So Ollie was disappointed that they didn't find a ghost, but then he promises Amelia that he will join her on their next paranormal sighting. That's the growth of his character. There's a great Ollie and Amelia shipping moment for you. Zach. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> and that's when Zato, you know, realizes everything that Javi's been saying that look, anyone can change even Tarek. And I just think it's a great moment that all of the characters have grown a little bit in this episode. And now there's that mystery of, well, now they have to help Tarek in some way. And that was their first introduction to Void Queen as well. Yeah, That yeah. was the first time she showed herself to the Rangers. So I really like just the mystery that they built up with this mini arc. I love the progression of, of Tarek's character and just as he's becoming good, like everything is taken away and it's that twist and pull that I really like the plot and how they're progressing season two. Yeah. And I love how it just, it leaves more questions too. Like yeah. what was he going to tell them? Yeah. Like it, it got some nice like little cliffhangers there. Like what was, what was such a big deal that she was like, Oh no, you can't tell them I'm going to grab you now. What are the secrets? I want to know all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we know, we know season two, the rest of season two is going to pay off big time. You know, just in our interview with, with Simon, there's a lot more that's going to be resolved in the next 11 episodes. I'm super excited to find out what the second half is going to bring just because this episode does such a good job of setting up a cliffhanger. And 
it's almost like they could have made that the cliffhanger instead of giving yeah. us 11 episodes. If they made that the cliffhanger, that might have been okay with it. I would have been okay yeah. with that too. Yeah. That was a really strong episode in, in this middle chunk. Just a couple more notes on episode nine, The Hunt. We did see Javi's solo morph sequence in this episode. Oh, it was so cool. Beautiful and full screen. I hope at yeah. some point all of the Rangers get a full screen morph just because I love that beautiful HD footage. I don't want it stuck in a box. So I hope at least for the finale, they just do one huge team morph and everyone gets a solo big screen morph like this because that was awesome. When that happened, I'll say I actually said out loud, oh my gosh, it's solo morph. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's a solo morph. So that's, that's all I wanted to note additionally for that. It was just really cool. So episode 10 is uh, Losers Weepers. Losers Weepers is the 10th episode of Downing Fairy season two and the 32nd episode overall. It features the proper debut of the Primal Ultra Resort since its flashback appearances in Ancient History and Waking Nightmares. The story was by Becca Barnes, Owendale, and Guy Langford, and teleplay by Guy Langford, directed by Carolyn Bell Booth, and Ion and Izzy find a secret stash of cash and a powerful necklace that turns creatures mega-sized. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode. Just because I've always felt a little off about Ion, mm -hmm. but this episode really made me appreciate him more because he had a lot of like really just lame jokes in this episode. But I think the lesson that he learned and his interaction with Pop Pop, I really liked this episode for Ion. I think this was the episode that really made me turn around on on really liking Ion. Me too. I also liked how he had some good moments with Izzy. Yes. That's sort of like a partnership that wasn't, hasn't been explored before. So that was nice. I always like when characters have interactions with people other than their core partners. I thought it was a good episode. It had some good pop pop stuff and some great ion character development. The thing that I really liked about the intro was Ion and Izzy biking through the forest, the actual extreme BMX that we didn't get in uh, Megaforce. <laughs> and Emma likes BMX biking, but she doesn't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that Gose and the robot where, where he's oh like, gosh. your extreme BMX skills. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> but what I liked about that was the reintroduction of the Rangers actually acknowledging Area 62 because they come across this Jeep wreck uh, in the middle of the woods that's overgrown that come from Area 62. And uh, mm -hmm. Izzy mentions, oh, it's this abandoned military base that was abandoned years ago. And so I like the plot setup of this because now we see the Rangers kind of maybe inching one step closer to finding where the villain base is. Yeah. Because if, if this yeah. wreck, if this wreck is in the middle of the woods and they found this Jeep, I don't think area 62 is that far behind in these woods. So they find a ton of cash, which is the crux of the episode, but they also find this weird dog collar with spikes, which mucus finds puts on the collar 
hilarious. She grows giant. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. And then that's when the villains get a hand on this collar. But I do like that the Rangers are inching closer to finding out more about Area 62 because that's kind of been like the big mystery surrounding the whole season. Like what is area 62? You know, why does void night? Why does Tarek have control of this base? Why does he know so much about his technology? And that's one of the things I was curious about because ever since he's been quote unquote unmorphed, he's got what looks like a military cluster of metals. So it's like, he's part alien. Is he human? Is he alien? Like, who is Tara? And was he involved in Area 62? And that's why he kind of has these medals, these army-looking medals on, on his costume. So it raises a lot of questions, but I like that the Rangers are actually discovering a little bit about Area 62, and and this is connected to it. So I, I like the lore building that this yeah. episode also did early on. It's bringing so much more to the story, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the whole, like, who is Tarek? What is Area 62? It's all kind of threads that were started at the very beginning. And they're just, it's such a, like, a cohesive show. Mm-hmm. They're actually telling a story finally. It's not just, oh, here's a plot point. Here's a lesson. Oh, his dad's missing. No, it's an actual television show with a story. And I love it. I'm still out on the limb that uh, Tarek and Santara are Amelia's parents. I, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think that's where they're kind of going with it. But if that is the case, it's still building a really good story around that plot. And they're still having that mystery. So obviously there's a thing with Pop Pop hiding what happened about Amelia's parents. And so bringing Pop Pop into this episode too, pairing him with Ion, another great pairing. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the villain side, Centaura placing Tarek into this cryopod, also her creating Flapnarok, which is the sister of Dratnarok. And there's that meta joke where she says, oh, I don't remember his name because Dratnarok, he got, he kept getting mad in season one because everyone forgot his name such a smart callback. It was just one line and I was in stitches because I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe that they, that they did that. that. They referenced that. That was so good. I hate to keep saying it, but it's just, this show is so solid. Yeah. I have not been disappointed yet. I haven't been disappointed with this at all. The energy that Flatten Rock is able to get from this collar, I love that they're able to form the primal Ultrazord because mm-hmm. they're able to figure it out and, and work together because the last time this completely destroyed Zato's old team. So again, referencing back to past flashbacks, the buildup, and then them coming together as a team to figure out the problem and realizing that they could use extra cooling from the Terra free Zord to work for the Megazord. So that's another thing I enjoy is like whenever they're able to come up with the solution to the Zords and work out the problem as a team. So I thought that was another uh, great part of the episode. Yeah. Show and don't tell that they've solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ion goes on this shopping spree with all the cash Definitely reminds me of past shopping sprees that we've seen on, on Power Rangers. It's kind of like a nice callback uh, montage. He's buy all the gold stuff, all the gold stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
there's just such a great moment with Pop Pop because even though he spent all all this money, he's still sad. And he's like, look, he thought that retail therapy would help. And I think we've all been there at some point. I know I've been there with retail <laughs> oh, yeah. therapy. Mm-hmm. And realizing that that doesn't work. And and there's this great conversation where Pop Pop's like, if you buy something, that only that's only going to make you happy for a short period of time. And it's just another great reminder. And it's a lesson for kids. Like, you know, there may be some short-term happiness that you're able to gain from buying something new, but there's a much better feeling when you're able to help people. And so Ion starts giving away all of his items and he feels great about it. And I think that's a really important lesson for kids who are watching this show. And it's a great reminder for, you know, all of us older fans as well. But this episode really turned me around on, on Ion. Like I know he's always had good intentions, but on some level he was kind of annoying to me. And I, I think he definitely grew in this episode. And again, great performances by, by the actors. I love that Izzy's conflict with Ion was real. It's like, look, you damaged my bike. You're kind of a jerk with the money. I'm kind of resenting you for that. So I do like the conflict there as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is an important lesson to learn that, you know, materialism, it is not a fix all. It's, Mm -hmm. It's really not. And I know that sometimes when I've felt down, I've definitely tried to do a little retail therapy and it is a very short term. It's putting a bandaid over a bullet wound. It's, it's not Mm -hmm. really going to help too much. It's like, yes, I've got all these Funko pops, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that solved my problem. Yes, I have a closet full of Power Rangers lightning collection figures, but they're just sitting there in their boxes looking pretty. Hey, what are you trying to say? Um, that's, that's me. That I have a crap load of uh, Power Rangers toys in my closet. That we're all like the same when it yeah. comes to that. I think just overall, this was a solid episode for Ion's growth. Also for Izzy and Pop Pop as well. It was some great pairings that, we don't really see often in the show. And I really liked how those characters played off. I love the primal ultra Zord. I think that was so cool when they destroyed Flapner rock and it, like they were in the sky, the ocean, and then she's like blasted into space. Yeah. It's such an epic combination. And I still need to get the Mosa razor and the uh, Terra free Zords. I just haven't been able to find them. And uh, they're always sold out on on Amazon. So I, I definitely want those because I have all the other Zords so far. And I would love to form that combination because I think it's a really solid one. I was just thinking, too, in this episode, like we get another scene with Pop Pop acting as a mentor figure to a ranger. Yes. And I think that it's neat that we have him as this secondary mentor to these rangers when they're in their everyday lives. They have their ranger mentor and then they have their like personal mentor yeah exactly it's it's nice to see it's not something we've really seen too much in previous seasons except for maybe maybe with ernie in mighty Morphin power rangers yeah he was he was definitely there for the rangers yeah that's probably the most prevalent example i can think of is ernie and some other seasons you know we've had some adult different mentors here and there but yeah i really like pop pop i think just throughout season one and two Uh, It's always a real treat when he shows up. I think he's genuinely funny. I think the actor is Mm -hmm. great. I love his relationship with Amelia and that 
Yeah, he's forming because he knows these are Amelia's friends and he's also being able to connect with them. And I think that's really great. I, I kind of hope that he finds out that they're Rangers at some point. I would love for him to know. That would be cool. That character is is owed that for sure. Just to find out that his granddaughter is a Power Ranger. I would love if he found out. Because there doesn't seem to be like a Zordon like they must not find out that you're a power ranger. Like, yeah. like Ollie's mom knows. And I think that's cool, but she hasn't been around this season that we've noted in, in past reviews. And that's the thing. I don't know if the actress got sick from COVID or had to be quarantined or why, you know, she's not there or maybe she had some other commitments, but I kind of want that journey for pop pop too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to relate it to like my life. It's like, I have a work mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's like an older lady. Everyone goes to her to like talk about stuff. And it's like Pop Pop is kind of like that for the Rangers. He's like their elderly father figure sounding board. Yeah. I just, I like how they're using Pop Pop. I I just think he was great in this episode. And then I think that's it for Losers Weepers. Probably my second favorite in this batch, just because once again, it, it turned me around on Ion. I like his growth. I like how Izzy was connected. And aside from this trilogy that we just got off of, it's nice to have just kind of like a an intermediate episode where we don't know what's going on with Tarek. We get a little bit of him being placed in the cryo chamber that Centauro was part of. So it's, it's kind of like we get that beat for a little bit and we have a, a nice episode to kind of transition us into the next one. So that's what I appreciate about this episode as well. Yeah. And then finally, we have episode 11, The Copycat. Episode 11 of Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2, 33rd episode overall, featuring the debut of Tarek as Void King. Story by Alwyn Dale and Becca Barnes, teleplay by Guy Langford, and directed by Robin Grace. So Javi must come up with a new tune after his song for a competition is stolen. Mucus suggests a fresh way to beat the Rangers. Why did you groan, AP? I heard a little bit of... I do not like Void King. Okay, let's talk about it. What's... <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's, do we, I mean, that's like, valid. Don't like him in the, like, the story sense of, like, it's disappointing that we had Tarek almost turning good and joining the Rangers only to be captured and turned into Void King? Or, like, I don't just like don't like his whole, like, him. aesthetic... Oh, his okay. aesthetic and like his like voice and everything. It's just not a fan. I'm, I'm bringing back the grown of indifference. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I've missed it. I've missed it. <laughs> I don't know about a uh, void King. <laughs> so it also is disappointing that he gets turned into like a genuine villain so soon. Yeah, I, I see. But also I just uh, not sure about void King. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. So this is another Javi focus episode. This is the end to this block of, of Netflix uh, chunk. I was not expecting to see that jerk again. Uh, what What's his face? Uh, Screaming zombies, dude. Shoot, what's man. his, what's his name? Um, uh, Blair. Blair. Oh, Blair. I hate that guy. <laughs> like, I do not like him. The character is designed where we were not supposed to like him, but yeah. And it's worked. It yeah. It, worked. Yeah. It totally <laughs> works. This guy's a, a congratulations to the actor and the writers. 
Yeah, because he's yeah. grade A unlikable. I hate him. Yeah. Um, thanks. So, I hate it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so there's this songathon, which is basically a mix of American Idol and what's that thing in the UK that everyone talks about? And I have to mute the hashtag. Um, so, um, Eurovision? Eurovision, yeah. So it's kind of a, a mix of that. We get the uh, <laughs> we get the judges that are named Simon, Becca, and Alwyn, which is a great reference to the executive producer and the head writers. I love that they're totally an American Idol play on a riff on on the parody of them. Yeah, I mean you're running the show. If you can't put your own name in as a cameo, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I that's a fun Easter egg. <laughs> so we get this great song from Javi called Spotlight. And I genuinely like it. They're using uh, Chance Perez's, you know, real musical talents. And I'm not sure if he wrote Spotlight or if if the writers did, but I thought that it was great for, for his performance uh, as an actor. I love when they're using his real life ability as uh, a musician and bringing that into the show. It's like a better version of when Antonio... So oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like this he's... is this is night and day with that. This is way better than Antonio. Like, what's his name? Steven Skyler. Yeah. He had musical ability too, but they showcased it in a very strange way. This is actually like pretty enjoyable. Exactly. And then we've got Blair, just the name of the episode, the copycat. Yep. He literally sings this song and, you know, how he's like, I've been singing that around town for the past few days. It's like, okay, dude, that now we know why, like he, you didn't copyright that. <laughs> yeah, Not very good at keeping a secret. I think that's another reason because it's a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. mucus's whole plan is saying, Oh, why don't we copy the Rangers attacks and uses that against them? And so that's when she unveils Void King and Void King is able to use and copy the same attacks because Zato uses the Dino Knight Morpher and the armor. They're like trading blows. Everything's even. And he uses the same Dino Knight strike against Zato. So the copycat I like the dual nature for the episode where they're able to use that for both the A and the B plot. Yeah. It's a nice, I want to say counterpoint, mm-hmm. but I know that's not, that's not quite right. Nice uh, like symmetry. Nice, yes. Yeah, symmetry. It is really nice symmetry to see how the two realms use the same conflict. Yeah. The solution to that with the Rangers, because Zato and Javi are now teaming up Mm-hmm. And Javi uses the Dino Knight armor, which I think is awesome. And it yep. uses the Resoldier footage in a completely new way, which is great uh, because I know the plot line was a little different in, in Resoldier. So I like that they were able to use that footage, but twist it to work the story. And I've said that previously, but that's when I think Power Rangers succeeds is when they're able to use the Sentai footage for the purpose of their own original story and use a footage in a different way than it was originally I- intended. So it's a great plan because Javi is able to use the Dino Knight armor 
and help train with Zato. But then or he realizes like, wait, I could do the same thing that Blair is doing to me, but in a different way. So again, the symmetry, like, like you were saying, Zach and AP that's throughout this episode. And like I said, the, the A and the B plot, it, it works perfectly throughout the episode. They, they're all integrated into each other. And that's a sign of good writing is having those parallels yeah. to draw mm-hmm. and, and, you know, have the situations mirror each other. And, and again, kudos to the, the writers because the whole season has had wonderful writing and um, this creative team behind Dino Fury, I, I think they deserve all the admiration and applause that they, they get because it's, it's a fantastic series. It still features like all of our favorite like Power Rangers quirks and but it, the storytelling is just so much more in depth. It's improved significantly. <laughs> yeah. It's improved yeah. so much from Ninja Steel and and even Beast Morphers. There's just an improvement with the level of writing and the level of care. And you know, part of me is like, well, it has to be because just Haim Saban is not involved with those restrictions anymore. That's the only thing that's changed. Yep. Really, yeah. is Haim Saban being gone? There's new owners. There's a new network, technically, but it's still the same budget and the it's same. It's the same writers. Yeah. Same same team behind the scenes. Yep. The only thing that's changed is Saban Brands is gone. And I, I mean, we talked a little bit about that when we interviewed Simon. Is is having those mandates taken away has really allowed the show to thrive with yes. this crew, mm-hmm. and it's such a breath of fresh air. It allows them to be much more creative. Exactly. Really get into the story because you're not so focused on hitting certain marks every episode. It allows them to treat the show like the show should be treated as a story, as a you know narrative. It's not just a toy commercial with this group. It's an actual yeah. story, actual characters, actual growth and plot developments and problems and resolutions and, and these things that a good piece of media should have and they're not bogged down by oh well you gotta have a fart joke every two seconds no you don't you really you gotta you gotta explicitly state that you've learned a lesson instead you've learned the lesson in a natural way yeah exactly and look this show has won a glad award that's huge that is it's huge just the amount of representation in this show is already such a big step and That's why I'm really, really enjoying Dino Fury. And the big thing about about this episode that kind of capsulates that is how integrated these two plots are to each other. Because not only is is Javi helping Zato, but then at the end of the episode, Zato is returning that favor and helping with Javi's idea. And just the Rangers are confronted with a problem that they're able to solve that then Javi is able to use as a solution to his problem that was laid out in the beginning of the episode. So very tight writing. I really like this. And then it showcases the growth of Javi as well, because the big problem that his dad had was that he was not focused on a single instrument. He was going from instrument to instrument to instrument well, that turned out to be a good thing because Javi has practiced and we've seen him throughout the first and second season. We've seen the harmonica. We've seen the guitar. We've seen the electric guitar. We've seen the bass throughout season one and two. And now this is the culmination of him using all of his talents 
to win mm-hmm. the competition. And even though it's the same song that Blair did that Javi was going to do originally, it works better because it proves no Javi is the one who clearly wrote this song and can perform it with all of the instruments that he knows it's great continuity. It's great character growth. And this episode, I think Javi is like my top three Rangers for this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say the same. I, I'd say he's probably the Ranger. I relate to the most out of the core team. Mm-hmm. He's like my number two, maybe <laughs> I'd with Zato. But, but that's the thing, you know, it's so hard to rate the cast because I think they're all great. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I like some characters more than others, but once again, you've got a really great cast with this great chemistry and just the writing has elevated their growth for all of the characters. I thought the mucus video at the end oh my was kind God. of a, a cute little moment but using the Sentai footage. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I laughed about that. <laughs> and Jane being like, well, I don't know whatever the heck that was, but <laughs> <laughs> just how quickly she dismissed that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than we sure do want that last batch of uh, episodes to come out pretty soon because this story conclusion is going to be so satisfying to see. And I know we're all anxious to see it. So come on, Netflix, make an announcement one of these days <laughs> soon. Well, I think that's going to about do it for this episode of Ranger Command. AP, welcome back to the show. Good to have you back. Glad to be back. So AP, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Secret Ranger Fan. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me all over the internet. I'm on Twitter at Zach Lavoy and on TikTok at Hollywood Zach. And then you can find me at TrekkieB47 on Twitter and Instagram. Also streaming occasionally on twitch.tv slash TrekkieB47. And then to all of our listeners, stay tuned because we do have a, a live show. This episode will be released after we've done the live show. Uh, but you can check that out on uh, YouTube and then we're going to release the audio version of that episode at the end of this month on Memorial day. So in a couple days, you're going to get another episode of Ranger command. And I think it's pretty clear that we're kind of ramping things down on the pod a little bit. Uh, like I said, my, my son's going to be born in uh, a little less than three weeks and Woo! Yeah, it's uh, it's a huge life-changing thing. I'm not sure what we're going to do podcast-wise. I'm probably going to take a little bit of a break, at least for a month or so. But obviously, Zach and AP, if they come up with any episodes or, or want to talk and make their own episode, I'm more than willing for that to happen. I, I almost think- fully unedited mess we're going to crash this podcast with no survivors (laughs) (laughs) you're going to come back and the podcast won't exist (laughs) god I hope not Um, somehow AP and I have gotten the podcast banned off the internet (laughs) (laughs) whoops but but no we're we're gonna have a a huge awesome time for uh episode 200 or at least at least i hope we will um maybe we'll do some kind of trivia game or something i'm chill still trying to figure all this out all we know is that alcohol will be involved i'm gonna get some for the occasion for sure yeah yeah Yeah. i'm i'm gonna be a little sauced why not 
<laughs> just really appreciate all of our listeners. AP, I'm glad you're back. Thanks to all of our previous guest co-hosts as well for uh, helping us out with uh, different episodes over the earlier part of this past couple months. So, anyways, I know AP's got to go. I got to go start my day. This has been really fun. So yeah, whenever Dino Fury season two comes back, we'll let everyone know on, on our social media and we'll be sure to keep doing our extra episodes uh, whenever those Dino Fury episodes return. So definitely look out for more soon and then just stay tuned for Ranger Command. Check out our social media, especially Twitter. That's our main source of news. So you'll still be able to find comic reviews and the latest news, whatever happens with Hasbro at rangercommand.com. Ranger Nation. Let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us, as always, at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com. Check out our website at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word, on Facebook and Instagram. So until episode 200, it's our charge to 200. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next Ranger Command Power Hour. Later, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash ranger command ph to learn more thanks for listening